0: Welcome to the E-commerce Disruptors Podcast, where alongside digital marketing experts, we give you our best tips, techniques, and insights on how you can be a disruptor in your industry. This is Noel Lopez from E-commerce Disruptors uh, with Steven Steers uh, from the Keysan Group. He's actually the president um, and super excited to have him here. Uh, We were just chatting about how good posture is super important. Want to make sure, you know, got to drop those, those shoulders back. (laughs) <laughs> Especially when you're working from home, otherwise you're just punching. Oh, absolutely awful. But yes, yes. Uh, before we even get started, uh, uh, you know, Stephen, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Wow, where do I start with that?
0: What a loaded question, I
1: know. <laughs> no, I know no, it's such a loaded question. <laughs> Professionally, I'm a sales coach, sales consultant. I work with digital agencies to grow revenue. And in my tenure in doing this, I've worked with around. 250 companies through workshops and direct one-on-ones to build sales processes that scale and those companies have been from about 13 countries so i've been super fortunate to have gone to some cool places talk about sales and just learn how people look at sales from all over the world it's a really cool thing because i love people but you know there's all these cultural differences but at the end of the day people want their problem solved and it's just learning better ways to actually articulate those problems to help people get the solutions they want.
0: And that's amazing. I mean, like you said, it's taking you all around the world. And one thing I can only imagine that sales process is so different from, you know, wherever you're at, you want to make sure you're you're following those customs uh, appropriately. But I got to ask what, what would you say was your, your favorite place to go?
1: Favorite place, man, I I think, Teaching, well, I'd have to go for two. I got flown out to Puerto Rico to work with like 30 entrepreneurs out there like a couple months after the hurricanes. So like they oh, just gotten back. Yeah. <laughs> and like those those group of people there were so awesome, man. Like it's rare that you get to be around people who are so hungry for knowledge and so grateful when you like spend the extra time. So like this was one of the most exhausted times I ever was on any project I've worked on. Like I the... They booked me in and they, they announced that I was coming down and like you could book office hours with this person whatever and then I had like four people book with me and then like the day I arrived like an hour out of the airport they're like oh you need to go up and do a presentation no so that- I had it prepared like I always have a presentation on deck right like I always got one ready and then I they called in like 60 people and I've never met any of them and I'm just like hey this is me this is what we're going to talk about this week blah 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 and then my calendar was full I'm talking like I met with back to back meetings, 15 a day for three, four days. And then like people were asking for more time like, Hey, can I take you out? I want to talk about this. So what's super well. And it was, I was tired, but I think there's some times in your life and your career where you know, you're doing the right work. And that was one of those times that I really just right. I loved it. And then the other one I would say it was in Istanbul right before the world took this crazy turn that we're in. And I was working with entrepreneurs there and just, hearing about, because that's a different place with customs, right? Like what we were mentioning, lots of different different ways that they are. And then just learning too, like this is going to be big, especially in e-commerce. Turkey has a lot of textile stuff. So they're going to potentially rise up as an alternative to China within the e-commerce game, which is going to be really interesting to see. So, and people were so friendly, man. Like those two are trips that certainly stand out. And I'm looking forward to more once we get moving again.
0: Yeah. And I, I just to, so Puerto Rico, it sounds like you got to go back. I was actually there before everything yeah. happened, surfing, love it down there. Uh, highly recommend it where it's not so much a work trip, but you actually, you know, you get to enjoy, relax a little bit. Um, but that being said, you know, really today, and, and I'm sure as you guys have already gotten, Steven is, is very much a people person and his background is, is sales. What we want to chat about is, is really, you know, marketing and the end of marketing more so and, and how sales begins. And I think one thing is, you know, for you, what do you think, you know, marketing should have accomplished for sales to set in and really be positioned to to really deliver um mm-hmm. and and be able to from there obviously close whatever deal they're working on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this we've been in a weird, not weird time. I don't know if that's the right word, but buyers are so educated now. So by the time you get them on the phone, they don't want any BS. They're like, I'm up here. I know what I'm getting into. And I think that's where there's a huge disconnect because salespeople are like, Hey, like let's, let's, let's get this deal in. Right. Right. But I think marketing's job is to make people aware. So there's different levels of that, right? There's like, if you're in an innovative space, chances are the people who you sell to don't know about what you can even do for them. So you need to educate that the problem exists. That's level one marketing. Talk about how that problem applies to that group of people and then talk about the opportunity cost of not addressing the problem. And then once we've agitated that enough, then we could start saying, hey, here's, here's what you should probably be doing. Let's, let's talk about this. And I think if marketing does a really good job of segmenting its funnel for all the stages of awareness that a buyer is gonna be at, whether you're buying t-shirts or that are more sustainable or anything else, then you're actually doing your job and not treating your customer like an idiot. You're educating them along the way. And when they do get on the phone with you, then they're prepared to have the conversations that you need. And it's the salesperson's job to just monetize the constraints that need to be removed in the business to reach the outcomes they want.
0: Right. And I think it's that setup that it's key. And we, you know, brands do it time and time again, where sometimes you're just not putting enough into the awareness and it's, it's super product focused and
1: oh, worst man. Yeah.
0: It's like, <laughs> like okay, great. I, I get that. You're, you know, you're selling me this, you know, what, let's say you're selling me a skateboard. Why, why do I care about that? Like, and it's, it's marketing's job to really develop that story, that, that awareness. And like, okay, this is, this is why, you know, we're a sustainable company. We give back a certain amount of profits, what have you. And it's like, okay, cool. You're not just a skateboard company. You're X, Y, Z, and, and really building that out.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And
0: so from, from shifting that, and, and once you've got like, let's say that story established, you, you've got that, really fleshed out oftentimes and it's funny and I'm sure you've heard this question is, is a measure of a, of a salesperson you know and, and what they can do you hear that question you know sell me this pet <laughs> and it's, it's like uh, yes. it's like I'm sure everyone anyone who's in sales has heard it they're sick of it but why do you think why would you say that's that's a valuable question or, or just what does it bring out
1: I'm just like triggered by that question in a way, but it's funny (laughs) because I'm so happy you asked too. I think it's it wants to see how someone thinks on their feet and how you can sell something that generally people don't even use now, right? Like like most people write on tablets or on their phones or on other things. But I think the question is really, how can you help someone understand that this is a thing that could solve their problem? So I remember when I first got this question, right out of college, I was applying it like a bank or something to be a something that would be like on the floor asking people questions and thankfully i didn't wind up doing that job but they asked me to sell them the pen and then i was like oh like do you like to write and then i was pushing the product on the person and i think as i've developed in my career and gotten smarter in life you learn to not sell like you mentioned like oh i have this feature this is so cool like look at this widget man right it's more about asking hey curious like tell me a little bit about yourself What are some of your hobbies and then assessing if they even need a pen before you're offering a pen, right? Sales, marketing is about the story. So I love to, this is an analogy I have. Like if you're selling t-shirts, chances are your buyer is going to try on that t-shirt before they wear it out in the street. Right? Stories are how people try on products before they know about the product. So if you don't have a good story in your marketing and a great story in your sales, you're not going to strike a chord with people and they're not going to want to give your product a try. So you have to have those in there. So back to this, the question of the pen is you need to understand if your person has the problem that you solve first and foremost. And this is something I see day in and day out where people fail in sales is they lead with the product and they don't take enough time to say, hey, tell me about why are we talking? Like, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and find out if I can even help you. And then from there we could talk about what that might look like. Like start the call off honest, because that's why you get all these unqualified leads you spend tons of time with, because what you you feel what you have is more important than what your customer needs.
0: Right. And and you're again, you're selling that product versus a solution to their specific problem. Sell like, the problem. I, you know, I if if I do even a little bit of digging, and let's say you know, I'm trying to sell you a pen, come find out you haven't used a pen in 10 years. Probably not the right person to be, you know, chatting up about that. It's it's Probably it's not. really matching that up appropriately. Yeah, and, and I think what you said is 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 spot on. Is marketing starts that story, you, you know, it lets you try on the shirt, so to speak. But it's also sales job to continue telling that story. Yes, it, it's 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 building that rapport. And you know, if, if I'm chatting with someone, I'm selling a pen. You know, oh, you know, what do you do? You gotta Get to learn about them. Oh no way, you're a writer. Let me tell like some of the best writers have started off writing with pen and then moved and then that you kind of really reel them in. Uh, Another thing that you said is the story part is, is so big, especially uh, with, with the e-commerce component of it. Like me, myself, I bought the purple mattress, (laughs) by the way, phenomenal, highly recommend it, highly recommend it so you do
1: look well rested so i'm yeah yeah okay.
0: I <laughs> so yeah highly recommended if you if, if you haven't checked it out but i bought it you know it was a combination of the marketing which is it tells a great story it's it's spot on and then even just you know a, a recommendation and from a friend and it's 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 kind of compounding all of that together and really ultimately delivering that story like you said it's and it expands to so much more uh you know with workshops that, that you've done you're you're not only selling, but you're, you're selling yourself, your, your, your brand. And, and I think that's huge. So one, one question that I would have for you is, what would you say makes a really successful salesperson?
1: You're gonna get different answers from lots of people on this. I, but, but for me, I think an actual desire to help people. And I think that's really key. So I, you mentioned like we were just chatting it up. As soon as we got on the line, we're cracking jokes or whatever. <laughs> I love people and that's, that's who I am. And I'm just curious about people and I'm a helpful person in general. I'm generous. Like I, that's just my personality. I think that's an important thing to have because that's what enables you to build trust quickly with people and sales is all about trust. So I would say the, the ability to relate to people is really important. Listening is probably right up there next to it. Like, cause sales is all about listening, like right. period. If, if you know like how to pose questions that get people to talk and you can ask more questions, tell me more. I'm curious about that. Why is that or whatever. And you can guide the conversation to let a person feel comfortable and feel heard. Then you're going to be in a great position to help a person, whether it's with what you have to offer or pointing them in the right direction, which again, builds even more trust. Cause even if they don't buy from you, it will be like, Hey, well really knows what he's talking about. And he pointed me in a great direction. You should talk to him when you have this issue. And I think it's, that compounds on itself and you get referrals and people hitting you up and that's, what's missing in the profession. And it is my duty to change that narrative.
0: Right. And I, Steven, I think you bring up a a great point is even as, you know, within sales is is that consultation and, and being able to, you know, you know what this is. And just being honest, because oftentimes you see people just like, well, we could give you this and, and we can give you that. And it's like, it's like, no, you, we not, we might not be the best fit for you, but let me point you in the right direction here. You can actually check out X, Y, Z. And like you said, all of a sudden they remember that that's, that's such a valuable uh, connection that you've created, which again, at, at the end of the day, that's connections, right? That, that's, that's a huge thing. You, you, you said it yourself, you got to want to be able to speak with people and, and chat with them, but also following the 80, 20 rule. Like you said, if I ask a question, you know, I'm kind of curious about what you have to say. Very curious about it.
1: Totally. And I would actually add one other point to that too, is organization and discipline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would, those are like massively important traits because you're going to get in touch with a lot of people. You have to have some type of process in play to fall back on. So like we're banting back and forth. We got a good rapport going if you're on a sales call and you don't have a thing like a script, like there's, I I made a guide called the seven steps to call success. If anybody wants it, I'm happy to share it with you. You can share with your audience. But I said in there, freestyling is for skiers and for rappers. (laughs) So like, what I really mean by that is if you're going in to help someone, you should know every beat that you need to hit to properly assess if you can help them. You don't just go in there and like hope you get it or remember the question. Like you have a job to do. So being organized and clear about that, allows you to make sure you're getting everything that you can out of the call and giving the person you're talking to the chance to get the most out of the call whether you work together or not and that saves lots of time on the back end for opportunities that arise well
0: it's that it's that efficiency right it's it, you want to make sure that you're really kind of connecting all the dots where you need to connect them otherwise you miss it early it, it could throw things out of whack and and to your point you know one of my questions is, is really what's the most important aspect of the sale? Would you say is, is, is that, is that being that organizational aspect of it or I'm asking the tough questions? I know no, these
1: are the tough questions. <laughs> I think the most important thing is that you solve a problem for the person right. period and how you've assessed that. So when I mentioned a little bit is monetizing the constraint. So I call this like the kryptonite question. So anyone who's listening, if you have a sales call, the first question I usually ask is really curious. What made you get on the phone with us or why is now the time for us to talk?
0: Right. Right
1: mm-hmm. there. You're getting context for what they want to talk about. And that is like the equivalent of having your textbook out when we back when we use textbooks for your test, right? That gives you a clear answer of knowing if there's even, you can stop the call right there if it's not a right thing. Like, Oh, we're, we're just uh, perusing here and we want to learn if we should build your product. Well, to be honest, I don't know if that's the best use of either of our time. Like I'll put you on the email list or whatever. Like that that's a really important thing to be able to distinguish. So no, knowing why you're there and like you can monetize the constraint. So in, in your case, like Electric Engine, you help people optimize their process on their e-commerce sites and stuff like this, right? So what does that small conversion rate increased by 0.2% mean to the bottom line. Right. Oh snap, that's an extra million dollars a year? Whoa, like we're solving huge problems here. Like every day you don't fix that, this is what the opportunity cost it. And that should be enough to always be able to come back logically with the story and the narrative exactly. of how they can be a hero in their
0: own business as well. And I think you, Stephen, bring up a fantastic point. It's it's. Also, it's the story, but translating that story because there's some some parts of that that may not connect. Two percent. What, what does that mean? That's 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 peanuts. Oh, you mean one million? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, let's take a step back. Clearly, I need to understand this. Tell me more. And I, I, I think that's a huge aspect of it is. Yeah, it is a storytelling, but also translating you know, their their problems, your solution and, and really lining them up correctly. Absolutely. I would add a quote. There's a
1: quote I love. I think it's uh, it's Brutus. can't remember the name. It's like a Greek, a Greek guy from many eons ago, but he says, change, you need to change only the name and the stories about you. And I love this because like if you have a great case study for something you helped your customer do, you've had huge conversion rates or whatever. If I'm hearing that as someone who doesn't know you, I want to be like that success story and I can, put myself in that shirt to carry the analogy through again to be like oh like maybe that story fits me really well too and that's what we need to put into our sales process and in our marketing to make people feel comfortable to put on the shirt like it's us
0: right absolutely and, and I saw you you had actually posted I thought it was a pretty funny it was on LinkedIn where it was mm-hmm. a sentence without the uh, I believe the vowels yeah and you're like how well do you understand this like and, and it's important because you know you said the conson- consonants are your product or service, but the vowels are—you know—all of that is 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 really trying to sell the importance of it. It's like really fleshing out the story. Um, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, one one question that I have for you is because you know, given given so many people are now buying online, how do you think that sales process actually translate if if, if it does?
1: Well, what are we selling online? Right? Uh,
0: we, <laughs> yeah. There's
1: so many things we could sell. Each thing has its own little nuance to it. But give me an example. Let's break it down.
0: So let's say hypothetically, um, and we did this in one of our webinar <laughs> series. Great. We, uh, we set up a store for uh, quarantine mugs. So we're just selling mugs. So if I'm selling that, does it does the sales process become way more reliant on marketing? It's Since you don't have that, you know, necessarily that one-to-one. And, and how would you you know recommend to anyone who, who is selling online to, to try and build that into their process?
1: Yeah, so for a thing like a mug, there's, unless there's some completely special way that maybe it hovers over the table and like <laughs> it, it helps diminish quarantine or does something crazy like that, it's a pretty common thing. So you're gonna have to have a strong narrative around why that cup's better, why it helps with the aroma of the tea you drink, which helps you feel transported to a brand new place outside of your home, maybe back to your living room or something. I think like your narrative around that is going to be massively important to get people excited about the product platform. You're probably going to want to use is an Instagram or a Facebook where people can see it and see the story of, oh, like I'm going for a meeting in my living room. Like you want to really like drive home the the kitchiness of what that looks like so i would say the sales process there is one of lots of stories lots of cool pictures enabling me as your buyer to envision myself using that mug and getting the feeling that you want me to have because a cup isn't exceptional the story behind the cup is what makes it exceptional and i think you need to push that really heavily uh, it's also not a thing i would need to get anyone on a phone for i don't think because the price point and, and that type of stuff, but your narrative around the cup and why it's great and important and fun, that's going to be the best part of your sales process. And informing people about that as early and as often as possible, should help you see some good conversions.
0: And so that definitely, so I think you can draw up a good point is, you know, for the e-commerce aspect, do you really need to get someone on the phone? Is it is and it's it's just it's that narrative, like it's 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 super vital. Is okay, let's make sure. Why, why this cup? Again, out of any other cup, and and maybe it's not even the features. Sometimes it's, it's if it hovers great, if not, but it's 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 that whole that whole background story to it. Um, so yeah, I guess one last question that I would have for you, and in terms of just sales overall, what would you be? What would be your your biggest recommendation to someone who's really, you know, trying to just con- continue to grow themselves as 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 a salesperson or, and even as a as a storyteller to a certain degree, like like we, we've said throughout uh throughout this podcast.
1: Ooh. You asked some good questions, brother. You asked some really good questions. I think the most important thing for growth in anything is a solid routine. Right. So for me specifically, I have a really long, long morning routine. It's literally two hours every morning that I do my stuff. I get up really early and I make sure that I'm focused. Mm -hmm. And this is the type of stuff that allows you to be focused because you've taken care of your mind and you can completely drop in to what it is that you have going on. And like your customers will appreciate that. That's number one. So I think a routine allows you to be self-reflective enough because in sales, like like I have this letter R in my kitchen. This is like my home office and I have it there because sales is about rejection. So if I've made it a centerpiece of my room, what's the worst somebody could say to me? What? No. Right. Like it's, it's part of my lifestyle now. Like literally I look at it every day. So I think ha- having that routine and understanding that you can surmount any obstacle, if you continue to invest in building the habits that a successful person has, it will turn over in time and help you get to exactly what you want. You just have to be patient with it and consistent. So that's what I would say is the biggest thing.
0: Right. I, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's compounding all of that, right? Those habits, growing them, you know, uh, you don't wake up all of a sudden and, and you're like, oh, I'm waking up at 5.30 a.m. Why? It's, it's like, okay, what do I want to do with that extra time or 6 a.m., what, what have you. And it's, it's creating that routine, whether or not you want to wake up, do some yoga, have some time to read, what have you. And. And once you get in that routine, you really begin to, to grow that routine, so to speak, and, and enjoy it. Uh, also, exactly. I think for everyone listening, clearly you've got to get a massive R in your room. Vital. <laughs> <laughs> Super important. I know I'll be buying one. Uh, That'll be our next door. We'll partner on that one. Big R's for the room. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> this is an industry. So you heard it here first. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Steven, so just to, to wrap it up, thank you so much. Really appreciate you uh, taking some time out today. Thank you for uh, having me. This yeah, is, absolutely. This is Pleasure. I'm sure this won't be, you know, this is the first time. I'm sure this won't be the last time. For everyone listening out there, uh, Stephen actually has his own podcast. I urge you guys to check it out. Uh, it's fantastic. And uh, just to, to let everyone know, he is on every platform. You know, just uh, you want to look up uh, at Stephen Steers underscore and check him out follow him uh puts out fantastic content. Thank you. For us. Yep. Yeah, thanks for everyone for tuning in uh to uh, e-commerce disruptors where electric engine check us out again electricengine.com e n j i n twitter facebook what have you. And Stephen before wrapping it up any last any last words?
1: Success comes in cans not
0: in cannot. I like it. I like it. All right. no i I think i think that's right also i immediately thought like supermarket because it's been so long since i've you know i've I've been doing instacart it's it's terrible absolutely awful but thanks again everyone for tuning in really appreciate it uh and make sure to tune in for our next episode thanks everyone thanks again for having me take care everyone This has been the E-commerce Disruptors podcast presented by Electric Engine. Subscribe today to stay up to date on all future episodes. Please follow us at Electric Engine on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or shoot us an email at podcast at electricengine.com. That's engine spelled E-N-J-I-N. Feel free to leave us any comments or questions about this episode and let us know what you'd want to hear on future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening.